0: chapter fifty three of the forty five guardsmen by alexandre dumas this sleeper box recording is in the public domain recording by john van stan savannah georgia chapter fifty three how henry of navarre behaved in battle the little army advanced near the town then they breakfasted the repast over two hours were given for the officers and men to rest henry was very pale and his hands trembled visibly when at three o'clock in the afternoon the officers appeared under his tent. Gentlemen, said he, we are here to take Cahors, therefore we must take it, by force. Do you understand? Monsieur de Biron, who has sworn to hang every Huguenot, is only forty-five leagues from here, and doubtless a messenger is already dispatched to him by Monsieur de Vezin. In four or five days he will be on us, and as he has ten thousand men with him, we should be taken between the city and him. Let us then take Cahors before he comes, that we may receive him well. Come, gentlemen, I will put myself at your head, and let the blows fall as thick as hail.' The men replied to this speech by enthusiastic cries. "'Well said,' said Chicot to himself. "'It was lucky he had not to speak with his hands, though, or he would have stammered finally. Let us see him at the work.' As they were setting off, the king said to Chicot, "'Pardon me, friend Chicot.' I deceived you by talking of wolves hunting and such things but you see henry will not pay me his sister's dowry and margot cries out for her dear cahors one must do what one's wife wants for peace's sake therefore i am going to try and take cahors why did she not ask you for the moon sire as you are such a complacent husband i would have tried for it, chicot i love my dear margot so much you will have quite enough to do with cahors and we shall see how you will get out of it. <laughs> yes, the moment is critical and very disagreeable. Ah, I am not brave, and my nature revolts at every cannonade. Chicot, my friend, do not laugh too much at the poor Bernays, your compatriot and friend. If I am afraid and you find it out, tell no one.' "'If you are afraid?' "'Yes.' "'Are you, then, afraid of being afraid?' "'I am.' But then, Ventre de Biche, why the devil do you undertake such a thing? I must. Monsieur de Vazan is a terrible person. Oh, I know it well. Who gives quarter to no one? You think so, Chicot? I am sure of it. Red plume or white, he will not care but cry, fire. You say that for my white feather, Chicot? Yes, sire, and as you are the only one who wears that color— well?" I would take it off. But I put it on that I might be recognized. Then you will keep it?" Yes, decidedly. And Henry trembled again as he said it. Come, sire, said Chicot, who did not understand this difference between words and gestures. There is still time. Do not commit a folly. You cannot mount on horseback in that state. Am I, then, very pale, Chicot? As pale as death, sire. Good. How good? At this moment the noise of cannon and a furious fire of musketry was heard. It was Monsieur de Vezin's reply to the summons to surrender given by Mournay. <clears throat> Said Chicot, what do you think of this music, sire? It makes me cold in the marrow of my bones, replied Henry. Here, my horse, my horse, cried he. Chicot looked and listened, unable to understand him. Henry mounted and then said, Come, Chicot, get on horseback too. You are not a warrior either, are you? No, sire. Well, come. We will be afraid together. Come and see, my friend. A good horse here for Monsieur Chicot. Henry set off at full gallop and Chicot followed him. On arriving in front of his little army, Henry raised his visor and cried, Out with the banner! Out with the new banner! they drew forth the banner which had the double scutcheon of navarre and bourbon it was white and had chains of gold on one side and fleur-de-lis on the other again the cannon from cahors were fired and the balls tore through a file of infantry near the king ventre saint gris did you see chicot said the king whose teeth chattered he will be ill thought chicot cursed body murmured Henry. ah you fear you tremble wait till you have something to tremble for and striking his spurs into his horse he rushed onward before cavalry infantry and artillery and arrived at a hundred feet from the place red with the fire of the batteries which thundered from above there he kept his horse immovable for ten minutes his face turned toward the gate of the city and crying the fascines ventre saint gris the fascines mornay had followed him sword in hand and then came chicot Behind them, the young Huguenot gentleman, crying, Vive Navarre! And each with a vassine, which he threw in, and the fosse was soon filled. Then came the artillery, and, with the loss of thirty men, succeeded in placing their petards under the gate. The shot whistled like a whirlwind of iron round Henry's head, and twenty men fell in an instant before his eyes. Forward! cried he, and rushed on through the midst of the fire, and arrived just as the soldiers had fired the first petard. The gate was broken in two places, the second petard was lighted, and a new opening was made in the wood, but twenty arquebuses immediately passed through, vomiting balls on the soldiers and officers, and the men fell like mowed grass. "'Sire!' cried Chicot. "'In heaven's name, retire!' Mornay said nothing. He was proud of his pupil, but from time to time he tried to place himself before him. Once Henry felt the damp on his brow and a cloud passed over his eyes. "'Ah!' cursed nature cried he you shall not conquer me then jumping off his horse an axe cried he and with a vigorous arm he struck down wood and iron at last a beam gave way and a part of the gate and a portion of the wall fell and one hundred men rushed to the breach crying navarre navarre cahors is ours chicot had not quitted the king he was with him under the gate when he entered, one of the first, but at each discharge he saw him shudder and lower his head. "'Ventre saint Gris," Did you ever see such a coward, Chicot?' said he. "'No, sire. I have never seen a coward like you.' The soldiers of Monsieur de Vezin now tried to dislodge Henry and his advanced guards, who received them sword in hand. But the besieged were the strongest and succeeded in forcing Henry and his troops back beyond the fosse. "'Ventre Saint-Grie!' cried the king. I believe my flag retreats. I must carry it myself. And snatching it from the hands of those who held it, he was the first to rush forward again, half enveloped in its folds. The balls whistled round him and pierced the flag with a hollow sound. A long hand-to-hand fight ensued, above all the uproar of which Monsieur de Vassin's voice was heard crying, Barricade the streets! Let trenches be dug! And the houses garrisoned! Oh! cried Monsieur de Turenne, the siege of the city is over, Vazin. And as he spoke, he fired at him and wounded him in the arm. You are wrong, Turenne, cried Monsieur de Vazin. There are twenty sieges in Cahors, so if one is over, there are nineteen to come. Monsieur de Vazin defended himself during five days and nights, from street to street and from house to house. Luckily, for the rising fortunes of Henry of Navarre, he had counted too much on the walls and garrisons of Cahors, and had neglected to send to Monsieur de Beron during these five days and nights henry commanded like a captain and fought like a soldier slept with his head on a stone and awoke sword in hand each day they conquered a street or a square which each night the garrison tried to retake on the fourth night the enemy seemed willing to give some rest to the protestant army then it was henry who attacked in his turn he forced an entrenched position but it cost him seven hundred men monsieur de turenne and nearly all the officers were wounded but the king remained untouched to the fear that he had felt at first at which he had so heroically vanquished succeeded a feverish restlessness a rash audacity all the fastenings of his armour were broken as much by his own efforts as by the blows of the enemy he struck so vigorously that he always killed his man when this last post was forced the king entered into the enclosure followed by the eternal chicot who silent and sad had for five days seen growing at his sides the phantom of a monarchy destined to destroy that of the valois well chicot of what are you thinking said henry to him sire that you are a real king and i sire that you are too imprudent said mornay to put up your visor when they are firing at you from all sides as he spoke a dozen arquebuses were fired at them one ball struck off a plume from henry's helmet his horse was killed by another and mornay's had his leg broken the king fell and there might have finished his career but chicot whirling his sword round to keep off the nearest helped henry up and gave him his own horse saying sire you will testify to the king of france that if i drew the sword against him i killed no one ventre saint you must be mine chicot cried henry you shall live and die with me sire i have but one service to follow that of my king his star diminishes but i shall be faithful to his adverse fortunes let me serve and love him as long as i live sire i shall soon be alone with him do not envy him his last servant chicot you will always be dear to me and after henry of france you will have henry of navarre for a friend yes sire said chicot simple kissing his hand the siege was soon over after this Monsieur de Vezin was taken and the garrison surrendered then henry dictated to mornay a letter which chicot was to carry to the king of france it was written in bad Latin, and finished with these words: mihi disisti profuit multum, cognosco meos devotos, nosque tuos, chiquitos cetera expedi, which means, what you told me was very useful, I know my faithful followers, know yours, Chicot will tell you the rest. And now, friend Chicot, said Henry, embrace me, but take care not to soil yourself, for, mordioux! I am as bloody as a butcher. Take my ring, and adieu, Chicot, I keep you no longer. Gallop to France, and tell all you have seen. End of chapter fifty three, recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.